Microphone check, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite and the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Today in the building, fellow content crib member, Steve Mopsikoff in the building. How are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Bob? Doing I know good. how you're doing because you've been here all day and I've been here all day. I've been cooped up, dude. Cooped up. For it's you. Friday, 628 p.m. It's time to cook up this content. This is weekend for Bob now. Dude, yeah, go from liquid IV mode to... 6.01. Friday <laughs> is Bob's weekend. Fire it off. Dude, I was just checking my, my new little surfboard rack. Uh-huh. Works great. Oh, you already put it up? Uh, well, it's, it's portable so that you just strap it through the window and then you strap it on top of your actual car, for, like a car that doesn't have the racks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel good because it actually it was like 50 bucks on Amazon strapped it on and I'm like, yo... I'm legit. I got a surfboard right now. I just don't have a surfboard. I just don't have a surfboard. Literally. That's my biggest problem, which that's literally my number one goal tomorrow is two things. One, figure out where I can buy a board. Mm-hmm. And then but two. Dick's not a thing. Dick's doesn't have it. Uh-huh. I was actually texting Dalton and I was telling him because he had just got a board. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, bro, I literally could not have picked a worse time to mm-hmm. want to get into this because you have summer season, peak season for surfing out here. Mm-hmm. You have uh, COVID, so people two two problems with that. COVID is causing people to pick up new hobbies, which mm-hmm. is great, but this happens to be one they want to pick up. Yeah. And then third, I think now because of COVID, there's less shipments coming inbound to the yeah. U.S. and it has to, it's more of is this essential or is it not, which is totally understandable. Uh, so literally, I think I called twenty surf shops on lunch today, and not one of them had anything for what I was looking for, like a starter board. Oh. so and it also doesn't help that we're in southern california either no like i feel like we're in washington but but you would almost think because we're in southern california that people would be stocked up already that's true because it's such a I demand think you'd be surprised on how many people just don't surf here in southern california yeah especially i mean where we were in burbank i'd say like 95 percent of the people don't surf but you're this part of town yeah it's probably like 50% yeah. surf. I was almost debating taking a drive tomorrow and just going to a Seeing shop if, in Burbank or there's yeah, some Van that's Nye even a little bit farther out yeah. because I know there's probably people that wouldn't take that type of a drive just to get a board or that's something. Sure. So part of me is saying just do it. Or even like more south of here. I, I looked. It's, I it's everything the along the coastline is just gone. Yeah. They don't have anything. But I got sense. word of a shop in Santa Monica that gets a stock tomorrow morning. So I'm going to call in. Oh, word. See if they can hook me up with a Now, board. is there a certain size that you want? Yeah, because I'm a I'm a I'm a newbie. I need You need like the big ass board? A long board for sure. What I when I did the lesson, it was an 8-footer and the oh, guy recommended good. start with a 7. So I don't, I didn't need the A footer. That was definitely, but pretty, what's the, like, I don't, so like, so it's, I, I mean, granted, I still don't know the true depths of everything, but essentially when I'm getting a legit surfboard that mm-hmm. for somebody who knows what they're doing, it's like made out of, a, I don't know what type of material. This is a learning board where it's literally made out of foam. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you really wanted to, you could probably crack it across oh, your okay. leg. It's essentially just built for somebody to get up and on the board and carve a little bit of the water. Yeah before you bail but if you're trying to really get into it you would get a different board but i had tried the eight footer and i was not mastering it but i i can already tell that i I need to get the seven because it's a little bit more challenging and it's also easier to carry versus i mean an eight foot board on top of my car is gonna be ridiculous oh because i've seen people with small boards like really small like 
maybe three foot and four foot like they're little yeah I mean, I don't, the, what's the perk of that though is it is it just better riding or is, it, is uh, it like your style is i don't it? i don't know but my assumption would be you have more control over it uh, think about the smaller yeah, of the board true. you can just you i just can, remember on rocket power you remember that show of course dude santa they, Mo- that's literally based on santa monica is it based on yeah, oh, yeah, you're the right. pier yeah with yeah, the right. ferris wheel and stuff. i never thought about that yeah. but i just remember like they had like the big ass boards and i was like oh i wonder like I thought, like the bigger the board, the bigger the wave you can ride. But I've seen dudes with like, literally. I mean, they're probably you know. I know you can't see this, but it's like maybe six feet. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe five feet. I don't know. Like they're really small. They almost look like skateboards. Almost. Uh, there. That's what I was just gonna say. So think of it as I wasn't a skateboarder growing up, but longboard longboards were yeah. built for cruising mm-hmm. and then smaller decks not like the penny style boards but like a true deck was built to be flipped yeah, and moved around true. so i think you know if i for somebody our height six feet you probably would get the smallest would be maybe yeah. like a five foot because then you're in full control of it yeah that's true you ever thought about trying it i mean you grew up I out mean, here yeah i don't know i just don't like the ocean you also grew up how far from the ocean hour and a half uh Valencia? Yeah, I mean, like right now, it'd or not be an Valencia, hour. Uh, uh, Palm Deal. Yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah, it'd be about to like the nearest beach. Like if we wanted to go to Venice, my aunt used to live in Venice. We would go down there, you know, three days a week when I was little because she used to have a house there. Mm-hmm. It would probably—I mean, I had no perception of time, but it felt like forever. But it was probably like an hour, you know. Yeah. What do you not like about the ocean, though? Well, I don't know what's out there. I know it's kind of creepy, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't mind being out there. I enjoy it. Also, we're fair-skinned, so it's like, I got to like... <laughs> we get torched. We've got to throw on this... Well, you're not really fair-skinned anymore, I'd say. But I mean, well, dude, COVID is giving me some tan because I've I've actually... This is the, the most sun. tan I've ever been. Wow. Like, ever. Wow. I've, and my hair is like, definitely gotten blonder, which is good. Mm-hmm. But in general, I don't know what the fuck is out there. Mm. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, you can say whatever. Okay. I forgot to tell you before this. This is okay. let it rip. Yeah, I, do, I don't know, like... That's like part of the reason why I don't like seafood or fish. It's like... I know. It's kind of trippy. I don't know what what they're eating. First, like I don't we don't yeah. they say they don't know like what temp they don't know what's ninety percent of the ocean is like. Yeah, it's like just they's just as unknown as outer space. Yeah, so I, it's like I don't. Know I if would I be sketched to jump off a boat that's you know ninety miles out. Oh, There's no God. chance I would do that. But that's like my for something thing. that's along the shore, I feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Um. But did you yeah. see the thing about great whites? Out here, uh, yeah. Well, they saw one in Huntington and it was making its way down to San Diego. Oh, that's not good. Like gray whites are like that's the real deal. How far off the coast? I mean, it was like where surfers were. Oh, see, that's sketchy. I mean, you no. know, not like right there, but they yeah. they saw it like swimming. Yeah, that sketch that sketches me out. Yeah. That's the only thing that I, which uh, is crazy though, because I don't know like what their mating season is or anything. I'm not like a zoologist i thought you were i thought that was a part-time hobby (laughs) no my little brother would probably know oh yeah cameron definitely know 13 he'd be like oh the shark is but i feel like that's abnormal for them to just be because i was in encinitas and the water was freezing it was probably Mm. 57 degrees yeah that's not very warm for middle of you know for august i feel like it should be a lot warmer the 64 is usually like probably a good temperature Mm. but it was in its 50s for sure like i couldn't my feet were numb so I don't know if that's like if sharks like the cold water. I feel like they like hotter water. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's why they're all in Australia, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. It's even trippier the last probably five, eight years ish, even Cape Cod off the coast of Massachusetts, like they they've been seeing a lot more sharks out there than I think I had ever seen growing up, which well, that's I don't know where, if that's uh, a testament to climate change or that's yeah. a whole other rabbit hole. Well, that's what Jaws is based off of, right? Is um, that is that area? It's Martha's Vineyard. Is it based yeah. off Martha's Vineyard? Right. It's 
I don't know if it's Martha's Vineyard, like specifically. Or Nantucket, maybe but it's one like of the that. Two. It's definitely Massachusetts. It was definitely filmed in Massachusetts. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's a Bird Hobart classic. Is it? My father loves Jaws. That's like, yeah, that's one of those movies that I just know it because yeah. I grew up with it. Yeah, I, I could see, I don't re- really, really remember it, but I could definitely see that being filmed uh, like Martha's Vineyard or something like yeah. that off the coast. It definitely has that vibe. The, yeah, it's you could tell it's not out here. It, it, the beaches out oh, here yeah. are just way different. Yeah, you could tell that's East Coast, like even like North Carolina. It yeah, would be, the house, the way the yeah. houses are built. And yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, oh. it's so much different out out there. My mom always, um, she always has like a, she remembers like certain lines from that from movies, and one of the movies that she always like recites is from Jaws, and I'm trying to remember, but I can't. But, um, yeah, I don't know how. How um, I don't know how that how that works like with sharks like I'm not sure if they're I don't know that just scares me though because sharks are just like I don't because like snakes are one thing because I could just like step on it if it's like little but like yeah. you're not you're not stepping on a shark yeah you're well you're not seeing anything below you so that's just yeah. like super trippy and but they're sneaky I know man don't are you me. in the shark week do you no, watch that I I so I loved Discovery Channel growing up is that Shark Week right now. Or coming up, I think it's it usually in the summertime. Yeah, I think it's like August. Yeah, so I was a big Discovery Channel person growing up. I feel like like there were so many great shows on there. Um, but Shark Week, I didn't really ever dive into. Actually, weirdly, last year when I was driving Uber, I drove a guy. One of his shows was on Shark Week, mm. and he is a, a scuba diver, a world scuba diver, and he and he deals with sharks all the time well, yeah. and i was like I, yo you're literally a fucking savage bro he's like yeah, he's a cameraman or what? um i think he was more of an instructor oh. or something but he literally swims with sharks for a living that's I was like it, you're out of your mind bro one of the guys actually dylan met this dude i've flown with him before he um he what he does like for his real job is he travels around the world and he's a deep sea like diver slash national geographic filmer unreal and he goes to, he's been like literally every, every country he's been for months and they just stay there and they film, but he's filmed for National Geographic and he works for Discovery for Shark Week. It's huge. Wow. And there's like a certain, every year he's like assigned, cause I remember I was asking him all these questions, like, how does that work? And I think last year he was in Philippines for like three months and they were filming this one shark that only mates there like every couple of years and it's rare. Yeah. And he was out there for three months just filming it underwater and he was like, I mean, he's he's out of his mind. Yeah, like he's crazy. Like, you have to be to yeah, be doing that type. He's of work. crazy, but he was just telling me. I was like, "There's no way I would." I mean, he was saying there's there's like certain sessions where they do like three hours at a time down there. Where I, I don't know how long the oxygen tanks go for, but he was like, "It's three hour like increments." Intervals. So you're down there for three, come back up. It's, it's something like that. I don't know if it was three, but it was yeah. a long time, and I was like, "Wow!" And he was like, "There's some days where we just don't see him," and I was because I was asking him like the david attenborough who does the like planet or uh planet earth planet earth unreal series by the way yeah i never unreal. like got into it but it's it's crazy like some of the footage that they get is just like I, they must camp out there for months easily there's no way you're there's, there's a guy the that's just waiting all day long yeah that takes a certain type of person to be like you just have to camp yeah i mean just wait yeah, you're, you're waiting for the for shot it, you're, yeah i know but st- yeah but even then, you have to literally love not only cinematography, but you have to literally love, love animals that yeah, much. Yeah, you have to like, love nature. I'm on the hunt. Yeah. I'm looking for the cheetah. 
Well, sometimes it's like a bird. <laughs> it's like a little, like my, my stepdad and my little brother love birds. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Like I, I don't really get bird. Like I get it. It's cool. There's like bird watching, but like if I, if my duty was to just sit there and watch a bird, mm. I would go nuts. Yeah. But if like it, an alligator or something, I'd be on board. Cause it's, it's like, I think it'd kill me. A bird is like, if you could be any animal, what would you be? Someone asked me this when I was in Montana. It was when I went whitewater rafting. The instructor asked me, and I said a beaver only because we were there and there was beavers. And that was my favorite animal growing up. I don't really have a real reason why I pick beavers other than they're fucking weird. Because they eat, they're like weird, like they're just weird animals. They eat wood, right? Isn't that what They a don't does? eat it, they just chew, chew it, it to use it for dams. Hey, you did research. But I would on use that. I would be like an eagle or something. Because I want to be able to fly and just get the fuck out. 100%. I feel like most people would be a bird. I think of being a bird was dope. I came back from a run the other morning. There was like five crows in front. And as soon as I got within like 15 feet, they just dipped. And then they were just hanging on the wires above. And I was oh, like, no, man, that, that must smart. be nice. Like you could just, you're done. You just move out. I wouldn't want to be like a little like hummingbird or something. Like I would want to yeah. be like a raven, a crow. Maybe you don't want to be like a snail. Eagle. Just That's a going, cool life. Going with the flow. Or like a life. flat or um, like a sloth. <laughs> Or they say in England, a sloth. Go figure that one out. It's not a sloth. It's a sloth. Okay. And they say, instead of lever, it's, or no, we say lever. They say lever. It's like, okay. Anyways, that's a different subject. Yeah. But yeah, like a sloth, that would be. Steve the sloth. Yeah. Isn't that from, oh no, that's a, what's the thing from Ice Age? Oh, that was like a squirrel or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sid. Oh, that's a sloth, right? I don't know. No, it's not a sloth. He looks like a sloth. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like a sloth would be a good life. <laughs> I mean, you don't do anything. Yeah. They're actually kind of mean. Have are you ever they? seen videos of them? Uh, might have. Their claws are like, I mean, they're they're sharp. Like they're not they're, like they'll fuck you up. Mm. Like if you're screwing around, they'll like legitimately take your face off. Mm. But they're just so like lethargic. I don't know if they. See, this is like I don't know. I don't know anything about animals. Yeah. I wish I knew. <laughs> I'm I'm reading the Do book about about space and I'm just sitting there like uh, okay see now that's a that's an interesting subject I've always loved space yeah. but this book is like I was first first chapter I was like didn't know that was a thing yeah I was it's funny you're saying that because I was after today actually I didn't run this morning but I just went for like a big loop around our neighborhood which by the way I don't know if you've ever done like a loop like it's deep it I mean it's took oh, me, yeah. it takes me 30 minutes to do one lap and that's not even touching the main street but when i was making my way back for whatever reason i just kind of looked up and the, i could still see that the moon was or the sun was rising from behind no, me. the moon it was the moon because you wake up at 4 30 in the morning no 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 i, I know well 5 30 let's get it right okay. but the sun was rising behind me and, and in front of me i could still see the moon mm-hmm. but i was just like looking up there and people driving by me i just probably walked and looked up at it for five i don't know five ten seconds at a time and then look down and look up but i was just like man that's crazy like i was trying to visualize what it would look like if i was on the moon but looking back at earth and how trippy that would be, that would be crazy but um i, I also love the sun too yeah i'd be burning up especially you <laughs> oh yeah you'd be freaking fried too <laughs> but um i weirdly love knowing that we live in the same town as SpaceX. Oh yeah. Cause SpaceX is going to be the company that com- I really do believe will commercialize space travel within our lifetimes. If nothing happens and another pandemic doesn't roll through or mm-hmm. there's not a nuclear war that kills all of us. But I really think SpaceX, if it's anyone, yeah. it, they're going to be the ones that lead the way. 
I could see it happening. Dude, Elon Musk is a savage. I saw, I saw, of course, saw it on Twitter. I would, I think it's fact though, because there's, I believe it was factual. Uh, 2008, he secured a 42 million dollar loan to save him from bankrupting, mm-hmm. and now his Tesla market cap is like 250 billion. So it's the 12 year swing of going from I'm about to be in yeah. bankruptcy for 42 mil to then now America. That was by the government though. The government gave him money. The for the loan. Yes. They, they 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 bailed him out essentially, which helped him. But mm. I don't remember. I remember in two thousand eight, he definitely did get bailed out because I mean, his that was gonna. They were gonna shit the shit the bed. I know, but it's it's just crazy to think about that swing. Though. I know. Like yeah. you're like literally desperate. You need a forty two million dollar yeah. loan to now you yeah, are crazy. the highly most valuable and car. He has Nineteen and, other things going on. Yeah, it's literally yeah. insanity. But I just love knowing they're right down the road from us. And yeah, it's nice. There's some crazy shit happening there. I don't know if like. In that book I was reading, they were just talking about like how uninhabited Mars is. Obviously, mm. this book is a little bit old, so it's not like it's probably I think it's like fifteen years old. Mm. So some of it's not it's not outdated, I'd say, but there's some things that they're talking about on Mars that it's like it's not like if you were to live there, it's not like you know it's not like living on the beach or anything. Like it's it's not easy to live there. It's not the temperatures fluctuate. Yeah, I mean not like here where it's you know 65 in the day and it's 55 at night it's like there it's it's extremes it's yeah. like 115 100 140 or something and it drops down to like negative whatever mm. there's like extremes that we don't have but i think over time you know like evolution like if you Human believe body in would, it, get would would adapt to that i don't know how long that would take yeah but I just don't know how many people would like just, I mean, this would probably be a good time for people that are like, I just want to get the fuck out yeah, of here. <laughs> this probably be a good time for candidates. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the savage thing, knowing that there's definitely people already applying to be aboard whatever that spaceship mm-hmm. that they're planning to send out, which I think is within the next three years. Essentially a one-way ticket to yeah. Mars with a 2024, I think. or I don't know when it is, or but I know there's a lot of people and every single person will obviously be strategically picked based on their science background or whatever they can bring to the table. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that that is, that could become a place where people live and travel Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, it's, it would be nothing like earth. Obviously it's not like you can just go outside and walk around with nothing on, but I think the idea of living on another planet would then just open up a can of worms of like, okay, if we're living on Mars now, which is to even have this conversation the way we're talking about it right now is so crazy to me because if I went back just 10 years ago and you and you said to me like, we're going to think about space travel in the next 10 years, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. Like yeah. that was never even, like when our parents were our age, that was never, I don't, I mean, well, maybe there was some type of conversation because you had uh, in the 60s, that's when they went to the moon, I believe, mm-hmm. right? So Maybe there was a spark of conversation, but not the way Elon's doing it and landing spaceships and yeah, it's fucking gnarly. I mean, the thing with SpaceX is that it's become, it's almost like um, he's made it like very, he's trying to make it easier, I guess. Yeah. By u- reusing rockets and like. Yeah. Well, it's cheap. I mean, it's, it's more cheaper. efficient. It's yeah. more efficient, I guess yeah. is the word. Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, I won't be going. I'm pretty positive. Yeah, I'm all set with that. I'm all set with that. Uh, I think it'd be cool though. Have you seen that movie Mars with Matt Damon? Yes. It's I. Uh, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson said that 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 movie was really accurate. Was really accurate to how Mars is mm. and how it would be if we were living there. And he was saying like even like some of the 
the the spaceship and stuff like how it would landed and stuff like it was all pretty accurate interesting so maybe going back to watch that to kind of see mm. so i don't know i think my favorite space movie is interstellar i was gonna ask you what your favorite space interstellar movie. yeah by far right with uh, matthew mcconaughey highly suggest anybody listening you got to go watch that my movie's so good fucking ending is i remember i was working and you i told you to watch it and you kind of like took like a week and you were like all right i'm gonna watch it because i told you like yeah. this isn't like one of those you just sit down you, and i'm like, pretty right. sure you literally told me like yo you gotta get pop an edible and watch this shit you yeah you gotta like, be like i'm fucking spaceship yeah i'm status. not condoning that behavior but um <laughs> if you choose to do that i think it's a good idea i mean it's legal in california so it's totally yeah. acceptable to say to somebody go buy some edibles because you can buy it over the counter that movie is great though yes yeah. I, I don't Incredible. know how factual it is and all that obviously that's the time a lot of fiction. the time travel thing messes with my head thinking yeah. about like where relative, you're staying still relative to yeah that ugh. shit is i mean that's all that's also not proven to yeah be it's true. theoretical so it's like is it true but i guess if you do enough math and you know math i guess it makes sense yeah um what, what's your hot take on the pandemic is that a note yeah 100 um well if you guys don't know bob i like well, to push buttons well no not even that he has he's like a punctual motherfucker so Everything is strategic. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I have topics. We can go anywhere. This is the whole thing. We oh, can, no, no. I'm just We can saying, go anywhere, but no, I definitely have topics that I think are What's relevant. my hot take, though? Yeah. Overall, um, like, what's the last four or five months been for you? The four, it, since March, okay, like the beginning of March. Well, I did thrift. So ThriftCon was March 13th or something. March 17th, I think the NBA shut it down. ML or everybody else shut everything down. So it was like. You went from having like a great weekend, like one of the best weekends I've had probably in a long time. That was in Miami, right? That was in Miami. Yeah. And then, you know, that whole week it rained in LA. The next week it rained. And then that whole other week I worked like crazy. Southwest. Southwest. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, um, so like, like late March, you know, not to get too personal. And then like my girlfriend's mom got sick, yeah, yeah. not with COVID, but like other things yeah. and then so that was like a huge thing where she couldn't work anymore because now she had to take so that was a rough period obviously it was a little bit rougher for her but also i was trying to balance work because i was also like i gotta get these hours in because shit might hit the fan here and we might not have a job obviously the airlines got bailed out mm -hmm. but i haven't really worked since eight since april mm -hmm. i mean actually the last time i really worked like consecutively was that week was wow. march I worked two times since then, three times. Sheesh. So it's like, I haven't, I mean, that's by choice. But yeah, the beginning, it was fucking hard because I didn't know what to expect. I also thought like people weren't just going to buy shit online. Mm -hmm. I thought everyone was just going to be like, I'm saving money. But it actually turned out to be polar opposites in April, May, June, and July have been the biggest months I've ever had ever. Why Why is that? Um, it's two things, three things. One, people got this... $1,200 stimulus check, mm -hmm. which helped Two, I was here. So I was doing it every day. Like Uploading, I was posting, posting 15 things. I was on Instagram. Like I was getting things out. I was just moving shit. And then the other thing was everyone was at home and people were just on their phones. They were bored. Yep. Um, you know, and it's not like I have a million followers, but for the followers that I have, I mean, it did, it did what it had to do, and it's done well. And you figure, two people, whether they th shop thrift through you or if they also balance, like, shopping in-store, they couldn't do the in-store at all. So now they're just going 100% to online shopping. Yeah, exactly. 
And if you're there promoting and continuously updating mm-hmm. with new gear, and then they just got this they're gonna come to you. check and whatever else. And then they're on unemployment, which people were getting $600 more than. So they were ready they, to spend the money. So yeah, so I'm saying, so it was kind of, I don't know. I think it was just everything combined. It was everyone at home. I think if people were at home and they weren't on unemployment and they weren't getting the stimulus, I think it would have been about half of what mm-hmm. I got or, you know, of half of the sales or whatever. But yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like, I mean, I was, there was like, I was getting like 25 orders, 30 orders a day, which is like, that's a lot. Yeah. There were some days where I was like, I had literally, cause I didn't, well, also another thing is I started walking to the post office every day. Mm-hmm. It's about a mile. It's about a mile point as like 1.8 miles there and back. So I was walking every day. And there was a point, like, some days I couldn't walk because I couldn't carry all this shit. Like, I would carry two bags, and I couldn't fit them in two bags. You need so a Pee Wee Herman with his bike to pull <laughs> yeah, up and exactly. throw everything in. Um, so, yeah, like, that was a good thing. I mean, it was twofold. It was, like, you had, like, my website doing well, and then you had, like, is Southwest Airlines going to go under? You know, my girlfriend's mom was, like, yeah, like right on the fence there, like, of not living. Yeah. So I had that, and then I had, like, this huge plus side of, like, my website, which was awesome. And then, you know, it was cool, like, having people here. Like, if I was living alone, that would have probably been a bummer. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So. Especially, if, I mean, think, I think me and Dylan talked about it on the podcast we did, which I also love the fact that you two are the two people I'm starting off with for the fucking doing the interviews, yeah. pods, or bringing on guests, which is great. Um, But was the, what was some of, like, the biggest challenges or shifts you had to make with the business? Because, okay, you have orders going up. Mm-hmm. You're obviously here now more. You were here more time because you weren't flying around, but still you need to get inventory. And at that time you were somebody that relied heavily on warehouses mm-hmm. and they weren't necessarily open. So what were some of the challenges you were facing just to make sure you um, had I, I just went on Depop. I mean, I, I was literally an eBay Depop fiend. I was buying, mm-hmm. I think I did the numbers the other day. I think I spent about $12,000 on Depop. What is that? Is that like a resale site? Yeah, it's like eBay, but it's like so you it's would like just, you more, would buy and then just read. I would just I would just find a page that had like good prices, and by good prices, I don't mean like one hundred fifty dollars t shirts and shit. Like they had good stuff that I could flip, and they were willing to budge on their prices a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like if I bought thirty things, they would give me a thirty percent discount. You have to hit them up, or they just I would hit them up like, uh, hey, like I want all this stuff, and it helps them too because they're they're moving stuff. Yeah, but um, do they know you were reselling or no? I mean, my, my page is, is the, like, I don't have, Oh, this was through five at five star. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, some of them would like end up following me and be like, Hey, I could cut you this deal or whatever. That's dope. But it's not, I mean, I'm giving them money. So it's like, and I'm pretty sure their margins are better than mine Mm. because they go to thrift stores and stuff like that. And they buy stuff for a dollar. And so my margins were a little bit more money I was spending on during the pandemic. And I probably, my profit margins were probably less, but I was, I was getting, I mean, I didn't have to go anywhere. I mean, you saw me, I was yeah. bringing in like six packages a day. Like, it, yeah. I mean, it was not, and that's probably dramatic. It was probably about 10 a week I was bringing in Sheesh. depending. And some of them were delayed and I was depending on some of it. So, and also I was trying to help people too, because I mean, some of these guys like didn't have incomes or whatever. And like, I don't know if like their sales hit the shit, the bed, like if they were like, I could do two fifty for all these items. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even like try to budge them down. I'd like, just be like, like here's 250. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you. Cause it's like, that's a good price and whatever. I'm not gonna, and I've actually learned to just like, unless it's like egregious, then I just like usually just like pay it. Cause mm-hmm. it's just like, you're trying to make your profit. I'm trying to make mine. We're somewhere in between. We could probably meet. Yeah. Also another thing that I learned, which was nice was I know everything about my business now. 
literally mm. everything. I know how much I ship stuff for. I know my average shipping rate from the last year. I did all the mathematics on that. I know like how I've done, I keep pretty good, um, like accounting of how much I've spent and how many items I've acquired. I think I'm almost, I think I'm at like 2,600 this year of items, items that I've acquired. And then sold or just in total that you've purchased? I've purchased. 2,600 since the beginning of the year? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, we're halfway through the year now. So, I mean, you're talking, you'll be, if you stay on pace to that, yeah. it's over 5,000 items coming through this freaking house, dude. Yeah. So, it's a lot. So, I mean, I have all that. I know like how much I'm buying stuff for. I know the average price. Mm. So, I know when someone's lowballing me, like if they're like, I'll give you $10 for this. I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't buy it for $10. Mm. I bought it for more than that. So because so. you had more downtime, you were able to go deeper into the things oh, that yeah. you probably didn't necessarily have the time to go into or didn't, didn't think it was necessary. And now I realize how necessary it was. Huh. So it's like, I know I literally, and like the thing was, I think I was watching Shark Tank. I was watching Shark Tank a lot during like the first couple of weeks of the pandemic. I was just like, it's like kind of mindless. I could work out and like I could watch it and not like totally pay attention. But the thing that Mark Cuban and everyone always says is like, you have to know your business more than any, but like 100%. you can't come in here and, and like, I can't be pitching you my business. And you, let's say you've been doing business for 35 years and I know, and you know more about your, my business than me. It's like, yeah. there's people that would come in there and Mark would be like, this doesn't make any sense. Your margins don't make sense. You, you don't make any sense. How yeah. do I know more about your business? And then I was thinking like, there's no way that I should, if I ever pitch this to somebody, they should know more than me. Yeah. I should know everything. And some, and the people who went in there and they were like, we ship stuff for $2 and 25 cents. We buy it for this. We, we wholesale it for this price, but this is our margins. And if we want to grow like all this stuff, which you've probably learned li- working with liquid IV is 100%. like what you were telling me about how much more that packaging costs because it's eco-friendly. It's, it's used as recycled plastic, whatever, whatever. It costs more. Mm-hmm. You know the margins of that. Obviously, Brandon knows the margins of that. Mm-hmm. He has to know the margins of that because if he doesn't, it's his business. It's that goes under. Yeah. If you don't know the margins, you don't know your profit margin. And like, I try not to worry about that stuff too much, like, because it's not always about profit for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your your business, the the company you work for is, I mean, it's all about growth and profit at this point. Yeah. Not profit, but growth. It's all about how much can we make mm-hmm. and how quickly can we grow. Mine is more like. I want to profit, but I also want to grow this like as organically as possible. So it's not like this huge, you know, like what you're doing with podcasts and stuff. Like I'm not doing, I'm not doing that. So profit isn't the most thing. Like I'm also trying to, another thing that I've focused on in the last six months is to get return customers, which is a huge part of my business. Actually, you want them to be like your walking billboard almost. A walking billboard and also the money that you spent to acquire customers, mm-hmm. you want to keep that. Yeah. Because if you only buy one time, if, if I went on liquidiv.com and I only bought it one time, I forgot about it and, you, and I heard it on a podcast, well, that p- podcast costs you whatever, mm-hmm. how much money. And I only did it one time. Yeah, it's cool. You got the $48 or whatever. But if I don't tell anybody... Or if I don't ever use it again, then it's kind of a waste. So it's like that first time you have to fucking go over the top, mm-hmm. impress them, or just let them just be super satisfied. And if they're not satisfied, the back end of customer service is give it to them for free, offer free re- offer free sh- return shipping, whatever it is, email them back you know, within a day. Don't let them sit on it for six days. There's so many things. And I was looking last night, weirdly enough, 
I was just curious because Google Analytics can tell you everything. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Google I Analytics? I just got intro to it tonight, actually. It is. My e-com guy. I've, I've, I've had it. Google Analytics for seven years now. Mm. And it, I mean, I could track everything since 2014. Wow. So six years. Um, every, literally everything. Mm-hmm. And it's almost creepy. It's actually creepy. Mm-hmm. I could look up what, what iOS you're using. Are you on a mobile? Are you on a desktop? Are you on an iPad? Are you on an Android? What age are you? Where do you live? What city are you in? What country are you in? What what language do you speak? Wow. I mean, it gets down to the nitty gritty. And I was looking at my ratio of return customer bot versus new customer bot. And my return customer is like double hmm. the money that they've spent. So the people that return are spending double versus the new customers aren't, which translates over because it's now the new customer becomes a returning customer. So obviously it's going to be more. Yeah. But you want your return. I think you want your returning customer to be more at some point. Obviously, for Liquid IV, it's different because you're just trying to, you're trying to grow this, and everyone can drink stuff. Not everybody wants vintage clothes, so it's yeah. two different things. But but still, the concept of wanting a returning customer, I think, doesn't matter what business. I don't. It doesn't matter if your that's the back end. Your KPIs are mm-hmm. growth or money revenue. Like it doesn't matter. You still want returning yeah. customers because it's the cheapest way to exactly. Keep I the wonder what growing. the returning customer is for Liquid IV. I wonder. If you dig deep on, on Google Analytics, it'll tell you. I mean, there's, there, it literally tells you. It's, it's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. But like people think that like, oh, they're not tracking you. Yeah. Oh, no, they are. Our, our Shopify shows me numbers, and obviously it's uh, something that I can't speak on for many of reasons. But I definitely see certain numbers, and uh, I can see returning customers, and yeah. uh, because of the podcast position, it kind of allowed me to see a lot more things behind the scenes of our our website, and uh, it's been super interesting just to see it at like a high level of like how do you grow to a mm-hmm. business of this magnitude? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been super interesting, but that's great that, uh, it's allowed you to actually dive into that. And it's weird because like, I think, I think when you just, when you are so passionate or so like believing in the product or service that you're offering that you are generally, you might not have ever thought about looking into it, but then when you realize the amount of, knowledge that that brings to you and how positive and how powerful that is that you weirdly get obsessed with it mm-hmm. because you want to see certain numbers rise you want to see certain numbers drop you want to understand why is this where it's at why do i have so many customers coming from this state um yeah. so i think it just allows you to get even more sharper with your business and your process and yeah. then it gives you uh more runway for kind of game planning of like what should yeah. be the next step i agree the, the thing also to tailor back to thriftcon was my when my miami the whole reason for me going out there was obviously to make money, but I made way less than I I could or you know than most people there probably because my expenses are so high of shipping stuff. But my demographic, like the three main states that I four main states are California, Texas, Florida, and New York, mm. and Massachusetts is probably somewhere like fifth or sixth or, or Illinois too. So it's like Miami was like I think two or three, mm. or not Miami but Florida in general. And Miami specifically is more in Orlando, I think, is second. Because you could track all that. Yeah, I could literally see how many people are visiting from Miami area. It's it's crazy. Yeah. But that's a huge demographic for me. It's always been. I've always tailored to people in Florida for whatever reason that is. And so that was like the main plan was to go there and like grow it more. Because obviously there's something hitting with me selling online there. So it'll hit more. And I've also, I've also seen a big growth, not a big growth. I should say I've seen a steady growth in, in Florida in general, just in the last couple months mm. and New York, New York, 
has in New York, New Jersey right now is like every uh, every other order is New York or New Jersey for me. I don't know why. Interesting. It's it's so weird. Like I had like four yesterday from New Jersey, and huh. it's not like, you know, like I don't know the cities in that New are Jersey, like right but, outside of New but York. They're, but they're not like you know, it's not like neighboring cities. It's yeah. like one's here and then one's over here. One's you know in Newark and then the other ones you know farther down. It's interesting. So yeah, that's that's all interesting. And then yeah. Just like the returning customer thing is like a huge thing for any business. I feel like there's this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. Tim Ferriss has talked about it. It's a guy. I think his name's Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Kristen or something. Kevin Christie. I forget his name. He has this, it's a blog It's or it's a blog post. It's called a thousand fans. I think a thousand true fans, a thousand true fans. Yeah. I heard of it. Have you read it? Uh, yeah, I read it probably a year and a half ago. Two years ago, yeah. one of the guys at Yes Theory, uh, his name is Amar. He, I think I was having a discussion with him and one night, and he it. had sent me the link, and uh, it changed my perspective on kind of yeah. just high level of just all you, how you, important you, it is just yeah, to find those thousand true friends or you, friends. Yeah, <laughs> they're all they're friends. They're yeah, friends. I mean, that's I mean, what any it other, is. anyone that listens that is a shopper five star, you're a friend. But yeah, a thousand true fans is all you need to build like an actual successful, sustainable business. Yeah, and another thing too is like. I also read the Panagonia book, which is like the guy who started it. And it's not like, it's about how it started and like how this has changed into something totally different. And it's actually to preserve the planet by doing good and like giving back. And like that kind of changed my perspective of profitability. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like if you're profiting 400% or whatever percentage, most business or like some businesses brought like gas or something like mm. they make so much money. It's absurd but they don't give any of it back. And it's like, there's literally no point to just be running a business. If you're just like not giving back to anybody, obviously you're giving people a job, but there's like, especially like gas, like you're, you're literally taking shit out of the earth. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, that shit like blows my mind. But the thing that I've learned is like, you you don't have to make a million dollars. Like who, like what? That's only this thing that like we've thought about in America where it's like, you have to just keep growing the business. Like you don't, yeah. you don't have to do that. Like literally Patagonia, they grow on like a, a scale of like 1% a year or something, which is like, that's literally nothing. Like, mm. you know what I mean? But it, it's got to a point where they could, they've almost like just flatlined in a good way where they could keep it sustainable, keep their prices where they need to. And they have return customers. That's literally their whole business is return customers. Yeah, It's people who hike, People who, you know, whatever they do, outdoors, they rock climb, anything. Yeah. anything outdoors, they know I'm going to keep coming back. And Patagonia has made it so good to return stuff. Like if you tore your jacket, you could send it in and they'll repair it for you. Or you could try to do it yourself. Like there's so many different things that they've done a good job. And they also donate 1% of their sales or profit. I forget which one it is. It's one. It's either two. Probably sales because it's probably then. More. It, it's more, but then also I think you could probably get away with not being taxed on it. That's true. It probably is. Um, and it, it, yeah, it just, it's just like put it in perspective of like, you don't have to make a billion dollars. It yeah. just, it doesn't need to be like if, if five star made, like, I think right now, I don't know if I want to talk about like numbers. You but, don't definitely do not have to share numbers. Um, I mean like if, if, if just if make it first, flatline, if, they if make- the six, if the six months were to go, how it's been going, I think I would do like 75,000. Damn. And that's like including flea markets. That's like not just like online. So it's like other, that's also not in profit. Yeah. So it's, it's before like, expenses and all that. Yeah, yeah. And all that. So it's like profit, profit is probably like 
nine, 10, 15,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, if I did that for, you know, maybe, maybe double that in like three years, that's fine with me. And like hire a couple people, like that's yeah. totally, totally fine. And it's also like, I don't, I don't put any pressure on myself. I used to put a lot of pressure on myself, like trying to grow it every, and I just don't care anymore. I'm like, if it grows, it grows. I'm just going to do what I have to do. I'm going to put my, my pieces in the right place. Like there's certain things like I don't do regular advertising. I don't advertise on like Twitter. Yeah. I do certain avenues of advertising, which cost me way less. It's not like I'm promoting on Twitter. It's just like, I've been doing strategic things like giving things to models or whatever it is, um, to help grow it. But that's all like, that's not, that's money. That's, that's not like, you know, how much money the company that you work for is spending yeah. millions of dollars on advertising. And it's like, not that that's bad, but I just don't have that budget. So I have to figure out different ways Yeah, and that's fine if it doesn't grow, but as long as it stays where it is or a little bit, you know, every year, then I'm fine with that, but I'm not going to pressure myself into, but I also think that comes, that is due to who you are and your personality. And it's like, you are very much more an easy flowing, like, and it's also something that's been clearly passionate for you and not something that you're just solely relying on where it's, if I don't make money through that, like, you know, Southwest has obviously been the side thing. Uh, five star has been clearly something that has been working for you. But, uh, I also think that just is an testament to you of just like, not, it's like you love it, but you're also not totally attached to where it goes, which mm -hmm. I think is almost the better, the best mindset to have because then no matter what happens, you're totally just going with it. Yeah. And it's not like we didn't, this didn't work or you're not, I don't know. It There's a, there's this balance. I think too, it's like, you know, sometimes you hear people say, don't turn your passion into your living or like yeah. keep it separate. Um, I think, you, I think, I think it should be both. I agree. I, if I know, can make a living right now mm -hmm. doing this, like having a podcast today, conversation with people, I would, I would say yes all day. Yeah. Cause that's just something that I like, I deep down. Yeah. People who are making bread are like Rogan's li like, he works out. He has a family. He lives off his own land. Granted, he provides in incredibly great content. Yeah. So oh, no, like I'm he, not saying it's he lazy. Put in, he put in his time for it. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, that's like literally the perfect job. Like Howard Stern's been doing this for 40 years, just talking on the radio. I'm on my way. I'm the young Larry King. <laughs> I'm coming back in the game strong. I went, I went, I went silent for nine months, but I'm fucking back. It's been Let's nine months. Get it. Oh, nine months since I started bringing on guests. Dylan was the first guest uh, in like nine months. I, I I was doing some of the solo pods in January. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Like nine back guests. Back at the It was like trying to Who figure out. Who was the last guest? Before Dylan. It yeah. was Joseph Sheehy. Who, what does he do? He um, is Great the CEO and name. founder of Cure Nutrition, CBD company out of oh, okay. Boulder, Colorado. Oh, cool. Uh, I think Boulder. Maybe Denver. I think Denver. Um, but yeah, Dylan, Dylan was the first person in nine months. Now you're the second. So nice. we're trying to we're trying to get the ball rolling again. Yeah. Trying to fucking Hit full, one out. full swing, full swing. I was gonna add something to what you were saying. I didn't can't remember. Um, well, just going with the flow. Joe Rogan, oh, Howard Stern. Oh, um, I also wouldn't wouldn't say that like if shit started hitting the fan and like I didn't do as much, I, I would, you know, obviously I would lose sleep over it. But I think that me putting pressure on myself to make this like a 200, $100,000 or whatever the mm -hmm. number was that was in my head, 50,000, I think is like, I just don't care anymore. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do what I have to do. And the numbers will, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a basketball player where you're like, I don't think James Harden goes out there and goes, I'm going to score 65 tonight. 
Mm-hmm. He's just like, He's just I'm just going to score what I, what I have to do. Yeah. And if the other team sucks tonight, then I don't need to score 65. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like I, it's almost like I need to feel the market. Like if the shit hits a fan and everyone has, and no one has money anymore. It's like, I'm going to put pressure on myself for, to make this much money when no one's buying anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Almost like how 2008 was or, or whatever it was. So it's like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Also, another thing I remember now is the passion, like how you're saying, like, don't turn your passion into like a career, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I've thought about like people that retire and like my parents are both, my mom works now, but she's retired to, she's retired two different jobs and now she's working again. I think that like this whole idea and like rich dad, poor dad has talked about this where it's like you retire at like 60 and it's like, I feel like that's not like smart to do that. Like to just be like, I'm, I'm retired. It's like, I don't, I don't have the personality to just go to a beach for years and just like live there and just like suntan all day. Like mm-hmm. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. I have to be somewhat productive. I don't understand this. Like, I'm just going to golf, watch TV, hang out with my wife. I'm going to live on a golf range. I would go absolutely bad shit crazy. So mm-hmm. I think it's like, I don't know if it's our generation or if that's just how the old, like our parents used to think, but I don't think like that. I don't ever think I'm ever going to be 65 and just like, Mail it I'm just going to go golfing every day. Like yeah. I just don't ever see that. And like the thought of that, kind, I wouldn't even want to do that now. Yeah. And I can move better than I am at 65. Yeah. You know? So I think that ideology is like, kind of ass backwards and i've seen my dad which my dad is a mechanic he's re- he's been retired for shit 10 years now and he's 62 and he has he has like a he's my dad has not like mentally he's not weathered away my dad's very smart like maybe i'll put on a little bit of weight but it's like mentally he's the, like my dad is sharp and it's because he's busy 100 percent he, he, since he's been retired, he isn't, my dad doesn't go on vacation. Yeah. My dad literally loves the garage. That's his passion. I always think about that. When I'm 60, am I going to have something to do that, mm. that not only makes me money because my dad can make money off of it, but also keep me busy. And that's what I learned during this pandemic is like this clothes shit kept me busy. Mm. And I don't mean busy to be like the distraction. I mean, busy that is like, I enjoy it because mm. there's, a, there's two different kind of busies. There's like, I'm busy and then busy can tell I got to go to the grocery store. I got to do laundry. I got to walk the dogs. I got to, you know, mow the lawn. That's busy to me. But like, this is also busy right now, but this is fun. This is something it's, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. going to the grocery store, I don't give a shit. I don't want to care about the lawn. Mm -hmm. There's two different kinds of busies. And I think that like our generation, I don't know if our generation, but I think people are more enlightened to like, finding a passion that they could use forever. hundred percent. You know, if you could talk on a microphone, if Joe Rogan could talk on the microphone for the rest of his life, he's, I mean, podcast wise, he's going to do it. He's going to do comedy one way or another, but like they can do comedy when they're 95. Yeah. So that, that that's a passion that's always going to fulfill yourself. I think that's what like everyone should be. Not everyone. I feel like some people are just going to mail it in when they're 65 and that's fine. Or 50. I think, or, no, but I think what you're about to say, I think everyone should be looking for that thing. I think, I think everyone, sh- I don't know, I don't want to say everyone because everyone is we- different and they like different things, but I think you should find something that overwhelms you and you could find uh, this huge learning process. Like, not only does has I love clothes, but as also it's a business too. So it's like I'm kind of learning both. I'm kind of learning clothes. Like, I literally just learned something 40 minutes ago. 
about mm. clothes I didn't know. And last mm. night, this guy put me on game about all these other clothes I didn't know about. Mm. So it's like, I'm always learning that. And it's, it's not very, very important to the world, but it's cool to me. Yeah. So it's like, if you can do that when you're 60, 70, 80 or whatever it is, you know what I mean? I feel like that's very fulfilling. And like for Dylan, like he's making music and like, he's going to do that until he dies. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing unless he loses his vocal cords. Like he'll still find a way to stay involved. He'll still find a way. Like he'll work for Spotify or something. He yeah. won't talk because he can't. But <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah. it's like I feel like we got to find. Not we, but in general, people. I think people need to find that passion. And like, I remember like two years ago, I was like, maybe I just need to sell five star and just do something else. Like I, I was thinking that, but I love clothes, mm. so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. So do you think that was the moment when you started to shift and like stop thinking of it in the sense of like it needs to grow, grow, grow and just trust yeah, it and just I, go I, with I the just flow? Because you've been doing this for seven years. Seven eight, years? Just eight, eight, oh, just eight, eight years eight, back in? July 1st. Yeah, damn. So, I mean, yeah, 2012. And it's it's been more than that because I did it, you know, prior. July 1st was just the day that I put my website out. So, I yeah. mean, I was doing it, you know, six months prior to that or even eight months. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know vintage clothes it's like always going to be a passion, but I, I love it. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, the two favorite things that I love about it that I've thought about recently is like, I love finding stuff and like, it's actually kind of weird. Like even finding stuff on Depop, I had an enjoyment cause it was almost like a hunt. Yeah. Like I would search it's a different like, style hunt. I would search like, you know, Chris Rock shirt or whatever. And I would try to find the guy who had it and no mm-hmm. one had it. It was almost like its own search in its own way. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. I don't want to do that for the rest of my life, but you know, and then the other side is like researching the stuff, like the shit that I just learned right before we did this. I was like, I had no idea this shirt was worth that, or yeah. I didn't know this shirt was that. Yeah. And it's also like if you change your view of clothes a little bit, where it's like, I just wear this because I just don't want to be naked. Some really? shirts. You don't want to just let I mean, it fly? I don't. I mean, last podcast, might. I did no t shirts. So I was thinking about doing it did again you? tonight, but yeah, with Dylan, we were in the studio. I just ripped it off i was literally wearing just shorts dude no socks no kicks just literally t-shirt i didn't even get i mean we don't have suits we're literally on. just been chilling here so i was like it's all good yeah you're not gonna put on a suit yeah it's like <laughs> no. oh, i've never been put on Bro, a suit i haven't for the last... put out a i've put on a suit twice in the last two years and it's for two weddings that's it the only oh. time you get me in a suit is a wedding i don't even have a suit so yeah. i don't know yeah you um, can borrow mine it's all good but I, I i i totally am like right there line with you and i what i also think is um you know that you just said something about like um I don't know if, if selling uh, or if vintage clothes is always going to be the thing I'm passionate about. I've weirdly just accepted that like new things are going to come and go as interests in our lives. And instead of getting worked up of trying to having that, that plan all figured out to just roll with it. Like mm-hmm. two examples, one doing purpose in the youth podcast. That was me testing, learning, trying, and then it became a new chapter. Now it's this podcast and that will be its own thing. And now I'm on to the, to the next thing. I'm still in that space of like, creating and talking and interviewing and podcasting. So it's like, when I think when you, when you detach yourself from like believing like uh, there's this one destination has to be, like it might not be that thing, but it can be something that's parallel mm-hmm. to it that's just as equally as powerful. So uh, just like, I don't know, I, I so much more now, especially now being 26, like I just look at all these moments and things in the last couple of years of my life is like chapters. Like Uber was a fucking chapter. Three and a half years of grinding, hustling, forever happy that that's gone. But I also know that there was a lot of value in it, a lot of growth and blah, blah, blah. And so instead of getting me getting worked up, trying to figure out like where am I going, enjoying these passions, trying to learn how to surf, trying to get back into content, golfing. Like, I don't know. To me, it's like you have to, 
All this to say, you have to stay busy. You have to find things that fulfill you. And I spent a lot of quarantine trying to figure that out. Dude, bought an Xbox One, hadn't ripped games in years. Uh, then I had my parents send on my golf clubs. Then I start, the I was, it was weird. There were moments that when I would be done working during the week with, with work at six, and I'm, I'm sure there's people out here that were running into this because they weren't able to go to the restaurants, they weren't able to hang out with friends, they weren't able to stay busy or keep their mind busy. It goes from like, you're excited, the day's done because you're like, I want some me time. And then that, it flips and you go, what do I do? Yeah. And so it's like, then I'm like, all right, I'm getting back into gaming. And like, I do that for like two weeks. I'm like, this is not fulfilling. Like Mm -hmm. I enjoy this, but like, I feel like a piece of shit after playing for five days in a row, like for two hours a day. Cause it's not, and there's nothing wrong with gaming. I support it. I support people that stream it. Like I love it, but I was recognized like, wait, this isn't, this isn't a passion. This is like mm-hmm. something that's good to like occupy my mind for a little bit of time. So then I had the parents send out golf clubs that was occupying my mind. It, then when I started blogging again and started just like sharing, then I was like, Oh, this is the fulfillment aspect. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I've been missing. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think we have to stay busy. Like, you know, as I've talked to you guys before about, you know, my father just retired. It's like, I'm, he's like, I'm taking the summer off, you know, just shooting the shit. But like at the same time, I'm like, you got to stay busy. And I think, yeah. I think our generation is for sure going to be that where you, maybe you retire from that corporate style job at 65, but then it became, becomes like another chapter of like, dude, you still got another 25, 30 years in you. That's a whole nother lifetime yeah. to like live and try to figure some shit out. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what, I mean, I think that that's the biggest problem is trying to find the what the what the what do you yeah. do or um but yeah no i agree with like trying shit i've i've luckily been able to been fulfilled with you know selling clothes because it's like money and also it's like i it's like content in its own way because i get to show everyone like the pieces that i found so it's kind of fulfillment on both ends which mm-hmm. is nice um but yeah i don't know like like I, 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 like I always think about my dad. Like I'm always thinking like, however, however he did it is like how I would want to do it. Mm. Like just have that passion and just do it. Like my dad's not bored. My dad, I, I've never seen my dad. I have never heard the words come out of my dad's mouth. I'm bored. If my dad ever said that, I, I would literally have to check him into a hospital. <laughs> I'm serious. Like if my yeah. dad ever said you're bored, like if I said I'm bored, he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Go look outside. Yeah. Go look at the, the the trees. Go yeah. find something in the tree. It's like I don't. I I hate when people say that, like the bored thing, because it's like I've been bored, but it's also like bored is also a synonym for like I just don't want to like do anything productive. It's almost like there's things you could do. Mm-hmm. It's you know like yesterday I was like, do I want to read my the book or do I want to just like go on the internet? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go on the internet. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm bored, but it was like I could have fulfilled my time a little bit better with the book properly. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that book reading is better than internet or internet is better than a book, but also I feel better if I'm reading, I feel mm-hmm. like. Well, do you think boredom is a product of indecision and yeah. not being able to decide what to indecision do? Indecision and... Because I uh, think anytime, even recently, when I'm like in my mind, I'm like, I'm bored it's me not being able to make a decision on like what I should be doing with my time right now. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I guess, I guess that would be true. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, but it's boredom is also like, I mean, I guess some people during quarantine were bored though. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. Legitimately, like, I don't know what else to fucking do. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to go crazy if I have to talk to my, my sister again, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. This is what, and this is what is, I'm happy that I'm finally getting into like what I'm, this rhythm I'm getting into now, because what I'm scared to know is that whenever we come out of this, there's going to be a lot of people that look back and regret the amount of time that they, they had to themselves. Uh-huh. Like this is the best fucking opportunity. Like I know people, it's like, it sounds like so, um, guru or like, um, personal development when I say this, but like, this is the time you look inward and like you have conversations with yourself and you be in your own thoughts and you shut the door, you you turn the music off, you put the phone down, you reflect, you think about like, am I happy working for this company? Am I happy that I'm hanging out with this person all the time? Mm -hmm. Am I happy with this relationship? Like, am I happy with the direction of where my life is headed? This is the time you ask these questions. And unfortunately, I think there's going to be a lot of people that come out of this that were bored or Mm -hmm. just kept dodging it. And are still on this path of just not really knowing where they're going. And there's obviously a lot of factors that play into that, that people are dealt different hands of cards and um, maybe they're put into a position where they don't, they can't necessarily stop and think about it. But I would bet there's a large majority of people that are sitting on their asses, just continuously watching Netflix every night and this will end and life will begin again. Mm-hmm. And people start going out again and at some point you hit that wall and you go what am i doing like mm-hmm. i hate my job i hate where i live i hate the girl i'm dating the guy that i'm dating when it's like you could have spent that time asking yourself those questions yeah. and i think a lot of people did do that i think yeah i would say the majority have done that i mean i i talked to a guy at a flea market and this was like june 20th or whatever it was like the first or second week that the flea markets were open and i asked him something and I, and I was like, oh, like, do you live around here? I was like, uh, kind of. And I was like, what do you mean, kind of? He was like, oh, I, me and my girlfriend were just quarantined, just like ruined this. Sheesh. And I think, and I think that's a good, not saying like him breaking up or them breaking up is like a good thing, but I think it's definitely put a burden on teetering relationships. Mm. And I think like, even with my girlfriend, I think like we, I mean, it wasn't fun. Like some there was some like rough, really fucking rough days there where I was like, this shit is like, mm-hmm. not like with, I mean, within us, it was, it was just like mundane. It was like, we couldn't fucking do anything. She had all this pressure, but I think we've grown from that. And I think it, I think the quarantine, I don't feel like we're in quarantine anymore, by the way. I fucking hate when people are like, yeah, I'm quarantined. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I, 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 I've been quarantined. I don't even know what that word means. It's like, go outside. It's not quarantine. Yeah, April- quarantine is like, you're stuck here. I can't fucking leave. That's the not The first anymore. like six to eight weeks was for I sure, would say quarantine. I would agree with that. Yeah. But now I hear that. I'm you like, have to leave for essentials. People in LA were getting pulled over yeah. and ticketed for being out and about. Now that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, it's not. So it's like. Wear your mask. Yeah. I think the first thing of that was very mundane and it was hard. But I think like if you had a teetering relationship that was like bad, I feel like that got brought out. And also like, I mean, there's people getting divorced. I mean, I remember reading like famous people. Like there was like, I don't know who it was, but there was like three back to back. They were like, yeah, fuck it. I'm out. So I think it's, you know, cause you never, you know, especially like an actress or an actor or whatever it is, is you don't really, you know, you see each other, what, twice, three, you know, like you're spending five, six hours at a time with each other versus like now you're like, All I'm the stuck time. with you. Yeah. You'd be on set and then you come yeah. back for a couple hours and then back you have dinner and you see them, but the, maybe they're traveling to Paris for a show. Like none of that's happening. Yeah. So you're just stuck, which I think is, it's actually, you know, like the first like couple weeks of this. I felt good. I, I hated it, but I, I, did, I hated it because I think I would have enjoyed quarantine a lot more if like 
my girlfriend's mom wasn't going through that. I feel like there was like a whole different thing that I was dealing with. Like it felt good, like quarantine, like people just not doing anything. It just felt good. Like I felt like there was no pressure on me to go out. Oh yeah. That felt really good. And I don't really go out that much, but you know, but in general, I felt like people were just like, I'm just going to lay low. Like I feel like people don't do that enough. And they're always like, especially out here in California. I mean, it's all year long. Yeah. I could go outside 352 days a year i know and it's like but there's always especially being in la there's just always, always stuff shit to do angle or you know at the forum or yeah. you know staples center or year round or something events going on. going on post malone was talking about that with joe rogan he's like i couldn't do it out here he's like literally you'll wake up at 8 a.m and someone will hit you up for a party and you're like fuck i'll gotta go i'll go to the party and then someone hit you up like yeah you want to go to the vmas party he's like sure i'll go and it's like oh, yeah i have no time to do anything for myself it's well that's because like, yeah when you're in that bracket of people yeah. you have to get really good at saying no but when yeah, you're exactly. also his age and like i would say yes to everything yeah like makes yeah. sense why you moved to utah yeah utah's looking good i like utah yeah have I you see- ever been to utah i think we drove through yeah oh yeah we drove you- through it when you came out here but Never spent too much time. It's a night. It's uh, Utah's underrated. Yeah. I would like. I think Rogan said this. I've listened to so much Rogan, by the way. It's yeah. We got to give a quick shout out to Steve because anytime Rogan gives a liquid IV shout out, he's the my go to yeah, I know person. I'm and like, yeah, it, it makes me look real good to my bosses when I'm like, yo, Rogan, like, like literally day of drop, and I'm like, hey, Rogan talked about us earlier today. They're like, where the f- how did yeah, you figure this I'm shit out? On it. Every me and Dylan are. I honestly don't know anybody who cranks out more podcasts than me and Dylan. I would say when I was in my Uber Prime, I was cranking out more than you guys because of Prime, driving. Yeah. But now I can't listen while I'm working. Just like yeah. there's certain times again. But anyway, go ahead. But yeah, no, it just uh, I think he said like Utah. I think everyone's scared of Utah because of the Mormons. Mm. Like they don't know like they don't know what Mormonism is or like they just don't know. But like you don't hear shit about Utah. Yeah. Like you don't hear. I don't even think there was was there protests in Utah. Like I, you I know what I mean. So. Like it's you don't like even hear about world. it. It's if there world. was, you didn't hear about it. Yeah. So it's like it's very like they. You don't ever hear like shootings. You don't ever hear like nothing. It's mm. it's it's almost like weird. You're almost like why why have I not heard anything about Utah? It's very low key. Colorado's a bit like that too, where it's just like. I think with Colorado, people just don't want to fucking say anything else because Denver's already blown up and they don't want anybody else to move yeah, there. Yeah, they want to keep on the low, low. I think Salt Lake is like that too, or Denver in gen- or um, Utah in general is very just low-key, I feel like. I would definitely like live in Utah, I think, or mm. like live there like six months out of the year. Mm. It's a beautiful city, and it's like, and it's a pretty big city. It's not, you know, people think of Utah, and I think they think like Kansas City. It's not Kansas City. It's... It's a pretty big area, especially like winter months when the snow's there. Like, it is it is a really busy city. Yeah, I remember actually right before the pandemic. This was February. I was in Salt Lake, and oh no no, I was. This was like the damn. I remember this now. This was the week that they were canceling everything. Like NBA was done. They shut down uh, Snowbird, which is one of the things up there. Mm-hmm. Like one of the big. I think it's called Snowbird. It's one of the big ski resorts. They shut it down. I was in Salt Lake. And there was like 40, 60, 80 pairs of skis on our flight. And I was like, why are all the skis there? Everybody on our flight was like, we're going home because they shut down all the skis. And I was like, holy, I didn't know like this was that big of a deal. And this is like right on the end of, you know, ski season too. But I was just like, I mean, every cart had like 80 sets of skis. Mm. I mean, those things are huge too, you know, like they're not, you know, they're not five inches, you know? Yeah. So it's like. I just remember that, and I just remember, like, I think Utah's, I mean, you have uh, Park City. Park City, Utah. Which is just, like, underrated. Yep. Like, no one, 
lot of famous people live there because they don't want anybody. To, that's probably where Post Malone lives, honestly. Yeah. He probably lives in Park City. He does. Does he? Yeah, because I know he does for a fact, or at least around there, because that uh, Mike Studd, the artist, he was, he's was he been out there a lot recently, and I've been listening to some of his podcasts, which we got partnering up with Liquid IV starting. What's his podcast in Like two called? weeks called uh, You Never Know Podcast. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, you never know you know what i mean you never know it's like part of his branding it's uh, like you never know you never know. and yk it's like part of uh, it's studs okay. brand or, gotcha. i don't want to call him stud because he's not studying which just mike just he's known as mike but oh, uh <laughs> got it <laughs> some of the ego on these guys is like absurd no but me. i get it from a branding think about it stud i know but, but it's like, like mike he, but what he can't what I know. about michael jordan you ever yeah, heard of him? i know but it makes do this i get the stud trans like think about wait how, he doesn't want stud no i feel he, like that's gone fire. he dropped it but that is way better yeah than but i think it's it, it was like kind of tooly like, is that his name though no it's mike his last name is shonda i think oh I'm actually surprising he just goes mike shonda i feel like it's a fire name yeah that is that's a fire name right i feel like stud is like i feel like that's not too douchey nah i think it really would. i think I you think, think it's like too college mike that, stud like He's a stud. People, yeah, yeah, I guess. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And the, I think the other problem is, is he an athlete? if you Google, yeah, he was back. Mm-hmm. He went to uh, Duke. Duke yeah. But also, if you Googled Mike Stud, you were getting so his career, his come up career from college days for the next five years after that were like partying, booze, like uh, like just very college he's branded. The page so he, I think it's just from a whole branding perspective. So he just goes by Mike. Just Mike. Uh-huh. No, just Mike. Yeah, I've I've don't know a lot about Mike Stud. Um, yeah. You have any more questions? Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've honestly, this is what I love about this podcast. Is I love like, this I way have, better than purpose. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That was more storytelling, but, um, uh, this, free. you're this, also like a lot more natural, which is, well, nice. yeah, because they're, they're, this is the thing. There's no intention for these podcasts other than let's just have a conversation yeah. where before it's like, I want to touch your, on your childhood. I want to touch on high school years and co- dude, I don't even think people it's actually, I wish I had a psychologist like running my brain reads during those podcasts. It's absolutely Psych, it's absolutely psychotic the amount of processing I was doing in my mind while trying to listen, have a conversation. Because yeah. I'm like, wait, I want to talk about this. And I'm yeah. like, thinking through, like, do I jump into it? Were you really na- listening? Uh, I mean, I would, no, I, that's the thing. It was like a fucking high, dude. I was yeah. always listening, but I was always trying to think about the next question, the yeah. next topic. Like, there's literally, like, we didn't even, we, we're like just barely touching like some, I didn't, that's the thing. There's no intention. I just yeah. provide talking points. So it's like, if just we, in case, yeah. Like just to have some direction. I, but, I also don't want to say that I wasn't shitting on purpose in the youth. Oh I no, just, no, no. I just was saying that this You're is a free like, flower. This is my like this natural habitat. Uh, there, another area that I, I wanted to at least acknowledge or just get your perspective on is just uh like Southwest. Like mm-hmm. I feel like as an airline, they've done a fantastic job with dealing with a pandemic as somebody that was a flight attendant and, uh, it still is, but like stepped away for two months because they offered all these opportunities, uh, you know, paid leave or whatever, yeah. but just overall, just want to get your insight on, on just being a flight attendant for Southwest. Because for instance, when I flew back to Massachusetts, I flew American, which I also love as an airline, but literally both flights were sold out yeah. full. And then on the flight back, Southwest said nobody in the middle seat and it was incredible. Yeah. And they like, actually the, the actual flight attendants, are so much even the pilots yeah are so much more like energy it's my level my yeah, energy yeah. like they're very they're very you you the, would if bro, i was going to be a flight attendant it would have to be if southwest. you were to work for a different company i would say you have to work at corporate southwest they would fucking eat you alive mm. they call it the kool-aid the kool-aid have you been drinking the kool-aid you know what that's from no 
it's from the Waco, the the that you've started that show. Waco. Yeah, I just watched it. Yeah, a couple months ago. It's about they were all drinking. Wait, is it Waco? No, I can't. It's it's one of those those like off the rails like religious people okay. that they were giving them Kool Aid that was spiked with something and they all died. Uh, I no, think that it was, was Waco. Wake, but Waco's when they they were all burned to death. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't Waco. Okay, well, backtrack. There's that's where it comes from. Is they drank the Kool Aid. Gotcha. You drank the. It was like poison, but they didn't know it. They gotcha, just thought. They gotcha. just thought. I'm gonna listen to this guy. I'm gonna drink it. So gotcha. that's what you're doing at Southwest. Like they say, oh, you drank the Kool Aid. I don't think they say that corporately, but that's like behind the scenes. Gotcha. Like, like, yeah. It's like you're they're smiling. Not pro- they're not promoting. Oh, the you're Kool-Aid. like smiling, like the high ah. energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not that, but um, I also think you have to be a certain type of person to work for them because you you know. The expectations. And if you I get agree. through the interview process, they're going to I agree. clearly believe I think in there's it. some bad seeds, obviously, they get through there. But I feel like most of the people that work for Southwest, like 99%, I'd say, are just like good people. Yeah. Obviously, some of them have mental mental health issues and they've been just doing this too long or they're divorced or whatever it is. You run into all that. Yeah. Which is not like what they hired initially, just what they turn into. But to backtrack, I would say Southwest is like... I, thought, I was telling Dylan this. He's like, do you actually like it? And I'm like, I, lo- like, I love it. It's literally the best gig. I don't even call it a job. It's a gig. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like it's not really a job because I don't have to do it every day. And also it's like a gig cause I could just get rid of it and not work for seven months and still have the and still flexibility have and still fly around. Exactly. For free. So it's like that part of it is just like incredible. I don't think a lot of flight attendants realize like the perk. Cause I don't think they most of the flight attendants, even now with their early retirement, most of them have never worked anywhere. They were, they were 21. They got hired they were bubbly and they just worked here since they were 21 and they don't know anything else. Mm. So I don't think they like know the upside to it. The people who really know work for other airlines and they've been fucked and they've been, you know, whatever fired furloughed, like United, like a lot of people that work for us used to work for United because they all got furloughed in 2008. Like there's what a lot that, of what that. What does that mean? Furloughed or furloughed or, or, or fired furloughed gotcha, is gotcha. like, is like we're firing you, but we can offer you the job back if, gotcha. if, gotcha, if things gotcha. get better. If things pick up. So, I think Southwest has done a tremendous job with that. Also like the government bailout helped a lot. Mm. And then the other thing that I'll say is um, I'm always shocked on how much they share with us. Mm. I was reading this newsletter that our CEO sent and it was like, it was so in depth about like how airlines work or how airports work. Like what do we pay for when we're at an airport? What, where does the money come from? Like when, like do you have to pay for every time you land you have to pay for every time like you have to pay for all that stuff and they were talking about it in this newsletter i'm like that's like ins- it's not insider trading but it's like that's like very the, valuable information it's like inside bait like yeah. not to use that word but it is like inside bait like you don't have to tell me that i don't need to know that as a flight attendant but it's cool i find it fascinating because i love i think i just love businesses and how they run that's why I, that's why i ask you questions about liquid iv i'm just like oh how does that work Oh, the package costs 40% more. Why? Mm. What is it? You know what I mean? I'm always mm. interested. And that's what's cool about Southwest because there's some notes that you can take and take it into your own business. Yeah. And I think they've done a tremendous job with keeping everyone employed. Um, you know, um, I think they've, I think they've done a great job. And I think this is my hot take. I think this pandemic Southwest is going to be the biggest, biggest airline by seats filled, uh, most flights and whatever other category there is in five years, I think they're going to totally take over the game. Like I literally, I could already see what they're doing by that email yesterday. I, are they already strategically like planning this? Oh, because there's a lot of probably planes that are pulling or it- there's a lot of, there's a lot of people dropping out. And I think they're obviously they're not taking advantage, I would say, but they're 
They're putting their ducks they're in order. They're stepping up to the to the opportunity. Yeah, they're stepping up, and they're also not letting anybody back them down. Mm. And, you know, it's a competition out there. I mean, there's there's only a handful of airlines. There's only a handful of airports. There's only a handful of gates. And they want to win the battle. And, they, and, and when I say Southwest is very – they're very competitive. And I mean that in, like, a Michael Jordan aspect – like they see other airlines as like, we're going to take them down. Mm. They literally have said that. Mm. And I don't, you know, it's not like we're going to make them go bankrupt. It's like, no, we're just going to run them out of a city. And if they don't like it, they can quit. And if they do like it, then they join us or whatever it is. Like they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, um, I like that. That's why I like, that's why I like the last dance series. It was like, Jordan's like, I don't give, I don't care who's in my way. If you don't want to be on this team, then don't be on the team. I'm not going to pass you the ball. Mm-hmm. Pippen's not going to pass you the ball. You're not even going to get in the game. Mm. You know what I mean? And I like that because it's like, it's calling out everyone's best. And it's like, even if Southwest were to push everyone out, who's to say that like Alaska or United doesn't grow from that? Like, okay, we'll just find a different city and we'll grow. Like there's always growth any which way, like you learn from it and hopefully you come out alive. But yeah, I, I, I think Southwest is going to come out the best. And if like I was telling Dylan, I was like, if Southwest starts furloughing, it's it's not good for anybody. Like, if Southwest mm-hmm. is furloughing ten percent of their employees or whatever, United's furloughing fifty percent. Yeah, Delta's furloughing sixty yeah, percent. You know, Southwest what I mean? has the lowest cost. They have the lowest cost, and we also don't travel international. Yeah, like I mean, we don't do like Spain and Japan and all these air China. We don't do any of that. So it's like our flight attendants, are, we don't have to pay them because they're not. We don't have those routes, so it's like it doesn't exist. So that's like why we're ahead, and Spirit has done well in the limit, and they not done well. Never flying Spirit. No. No. Why? I just heard so many bad things. I'd rather just oh, stick to what I. I know. mean, it's fine, man. It's if if you have a if you're going to like Vegas, yeah, you know, something quick, forty forty <clears throat> bucks, and yeah. you just bring like a backpack, you're fine, yeah. you know. But like if you're going to Detroit or one of their hubs or something, it's like all right, just pay the extra <laughs> hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're gonna end up paying that for the bag and everything else. Yeah. But um, you know, it's about travel. I don't know how long you'd make this podcast. We could wrap up whenever, but the don't you worry. I know when I can pull the, the plug. international thing just got open up. Yeah, yesterday they they opened up United States outward can travel, and also it's like there's certain cities or certain countries where they're like you should think again about traveling here because they might not let you in, mm. and two, their cases might be worse than wherever you're leaving from or whatever it may be. So that's interesting. And I was looking at some of the lists, like Fiji. They were like, "Yeah, it's a it's a grade two, like you can go," which I thought was weird because that's way the fuck out there. It's like basically Australia. Mm-hmm. And then like there was some countries that were like, "Don't even think about it. Don't even like Don't look even this co- up." Yeah. And I also I was on Delta. And I was like, "Oh, let's see how much it would be to go to Tokyo." It's like for two weeks from now, it was like six thousand dollars or something. What nonstop? And I was like, "Why so expensive though?" I don't know. And there they was probably like, have to make up for the cost that they're losing that they just want to charge a premium. Maybe that, or like, yeah, I don't know what the, what the business side of that. I mean, my philosophy would be, is try to fill it not as much as possible, but fill it to where your company's has their guidelines. And then, I mean, $6,000 seats is like absurd to me. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, unless they're just catering to people who are like, I just, unless they're doing like, you know, we're only going to fit 15 people on this flight, but they're all going to pay six grand. You just paid for it right there. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Southwest has a different model. They're like, we're going to fill this thing up. 
you guys are all going to pay 50 bucks and that's what it's going to cost. Delta's philosophy, I think is like, you know, they have premium and stuff. So it's like different business. But I also looked at Heathrow London and it was like $3,000 one way. And I was like, what? You guys are out of your mind. So I don't know how that, how that's going to, I think international travel travel is going to be hurt for a while. Yeah. I want to say two things about Southwest. One, I want to say, them being transparent from the top down is only going to help grow the business more because it's giving people full understanding of what is happening behind the scenes of the business. And I think it's, uh, I think it's the, it's a genius thing. I see it with liquid IV when we were internally, like, what do you mean by transparency? Like what, what explaining part? the things that you never thought that they would explain to you, whether it's the mm. cost of gates or we're looking to expand, uh, we're working on trying to get this terminal, like things that aren't even like guaranteed. Yeah. I think them being transparent gets people to feel like a greater part of the team. And yeah. that's something I credit to Brandon and Liquid IV. Like they're very transparent. They that's tell us point. goals and targets that, you know, people would that usually would keep close to them. No, because they if everyone is understanding of where we're trying to go, then everybody knows the vision. So I think the transparency from Southwest is genius. Um, but then two, the whole like uh, taking advantage of the pandemic. It's not taking advantage of the pandemic. It's, it's, this is the opportunity they've been building their business for where it's like, they mm -hmm. are, you know, I've always, I don't know if this is like a, if this is a known thing or if this is just something that like my parents or family members have called it. But literally when I hear Southwest, I always would refer to it at least within my family, like the people's airline, mm -hmm. like it's the airline that is for the people. It's not yeah. some extra bullshit. Like there's no first class. There's first come first serve. Like grab a seat, sit down, mm -hmm. shut up. You're gonna get. To, you're gonna get to where yeah. you need to be. Good people, good energy. But it's moments like this where a company like that is able to step up and rise, and they should be rewarded for yeah. that. You know, people need to travel during these times, and they have been able to give people that, mm -hmm. keeping prices fair, keeping people socially distanced. Other airlines didn't do that. Yeah. American's not doing that. Delta wasn't doing that. So it's like, I I think Delta is actually is okay. Well, but American's not. American's not. So it's just like, yeah, that's just a great example that I won't be surprised now too. That if in five years Southwest is you know five x the the size of of what it is now mm -hmm. because it's moments like this that will clearly redefine the trajectory of where these companies are going. Yeah. Liquid Heavy did that right off rip within the first six to eight weeks of COVID. We donated two and a half million sticks of servings of product. It's like, yeah, you know, it, uh, people can say like, oh, well, um, I mean, there's literally no upside or doing other than the right, other than doing the right thing mm -hmm. of donating and trying to help people. You're not guaranteed of how that's going to help the business. Yeah. And then true. it ultimately ends up helping the business mm -hmm. because there's mark. Now that people hear about it, like this was the company that donated X amount of product. Now, the now there's press, yeah. like, because there's something shitty happening in the world. Now there's a company that's doing good. And then mm -hmm. there was, I think, I think, um, I think it might've been the podcast when I had interviewed Brandon for the first time back in 2018, or maybe it was some of the content that I was listening to from him. Um, when I was doing more of like content producing for him, but he always talked about like doing the right thing is always the right thing. And it's good for business too, mm -hmm. because by you doing the right thing, them donating product, it's helping people and helping yeah. people. It's, it's, uh, getting people back on their feet, but then ultimately now it's coming back to them in tenfold. Same thing with Southwest. They're helping people get around the country. They provided mm -hmm. really fair rates and now it's giving them the opportunity to step up to the occasion yeah. and grow. The thing I will, I, I agree with what you're saying. I feel like transparency is the best way to do it and actually i didn't even think about that like it does help us 
Cause like now, now I you know. know you're subconscious. Now yeah. you know in the back of your mind. I love knowing shit. Like I 100%. ask, I ask pilots every fucking question in the world. Like I literally 100%. ask them so much shit. Like I'm just want to know. Definitely. And also I worked ramp. So I know the outside of that business. Like I know certain parts of the business that I don't think normal. I've, I would say most of the company doesn't really know how flight attendants or, or ramp agents even operate or like where they lose money or yeah. whatever. But the thing I will say is like Southwest could like come out of this bad though. I'm not going to say like, yeah, they're fucking in the clear, yeah. but I think they've done a really good job with securing money. They've done a good job with treating people right and um, offering very generous leaves and whatever else. And I think, um, I think in due time, I think they're going to come out like the big dog in this. I don't think anybody, I don't see this changing for another year probably. And I read something that was like, airlines won't come back until 2024. It's like, I hate fucking speculate. I literally like, hate shit like that where they're like we won't be able to go to a restaurant till 2024,000 it's like in 15 years I'm gonna you know what I mean I hate like I hate news the headlines that are like that it's like you don't how do you know that yeah what 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 your project did your projections predict this pandemic you know what I mean yeah it's like you can't if you can't predict a pandemic you can't predict the latter so it's like don't tell me yeah don't tell me the shit like that it's like you just got to adapt to it and that's and if there's one thing about humans, like we're really adaptive. Yep. And I think humans in general, not like specifically like Americans, but I think Americans, we've, we do a good job with thinking of like, I mean, we're always like here. We're very, um, what's the word? Um, like entrepreneurish. Mm-hmm. So like, we're always thinking about like money. And the first thing that comes to mind is like baseball or like, soccer what they did was instead of having fans they sold placards of people to be, you know what i mean like there's ways to do that in korea i think they were just putting like spongebob in the stands and shit so it's like that's two different philosophies it's like our philosophy was like, how do we make money their philosophy was like what's kind of funny and silly you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. two different philosophies but i think here in america we do a good job with like adapting and like how do we make this like mlb probably made you know you know hundreds of thousands of dollars on that not not that, that that's like great, but it's like it's better than what they would have made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or what if what they would have lost? So it's like I feel like that's what Southwest is trying to do right now. They're just trying to, they're just trying to use the resources that they have. And yeah, if shit hits the fan, they can't keep doing this. Like I think they were saying they were losing like, I think ninety million a week or something. Like it was yeah. something fucking crazy. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I wanna I wanna credit you one thing, and then I'll get into the last pretty much topic, and then we'll boogie on out of here. But the curiosity aspect of what you were just talking on of like, you want to understand like the rampers and you want to understand like the flight mm-hmm. attendants. Like, I think that's a, that's a something that myself, you and Dylan have with inside us. And this is why we gravitate towards podcasts like Joe Rogan. And this is why Joe Rogan is who he is because just of his curiosity. Out. But I think you can learn so there is so much knowledge in asking why, even if it's not your passion or like something you're interested in, but like trying to break something down and understand why it's working the way it does. Now that's intuitively, I think something that's in all three of us here at the content crib, but there's people out here that don't ask that question. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, it, I'm not saying that people out here are listening or should like be asking why to everything, but sometimes take a moment and just think about the why of something. And it's, it, it, it can take you down a path of like, it'll answer a lot of appreciating it. Yeah. It'll, you'll understand, mm-hmm. um, but more answers to questions. Um, and it's just like good now. I don't know. It's, that's just something that when you were speaking on it, it like struck me because I, I recognize that that's 
something that we us three have in us and we're very all three very much different in our own fucking ways which is amazing but the curiosity i think is something that a lot of successful people have within them and i think it's ultimately too what probably keeps you going throughout your life mentally because you're just always just wanting to yeah. know why i think that's what elon is literally I yeah think, i think his middle name should be why yeah it's like why yeah. why do we need to go to mars oh it might be to inhabit it so if she hits a fan here or yeah whatever it is why, why do we need electric cars oh because gasoline's not working anymore yeah you know what i mean i think that's what every entrepreneur or just people in general i think um yeah no i i also dylan teases me about this but like i'll ask him shit about the music industry and he's like why do you ask it like why are you asking me that yeah. i'm just like well i just like i just want to know shit yeah like i want to know how your business works yeah how you know, cause now, now I know how you work. Now I know how Drake works mm-hmm. cause there's not it's just scale. It's just it's scale. All, it's just scale. all, it's all Drake is doing is scaling. Mm-hmm. Dylan's not doing anything else than what Drake's doing other than, you know, there's my, you know, things that are different, but I'm just saying like strategically it's the same shit. Yeah. He's obviously in way more ears than anybody in the world, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's the same shit. Like the same shit that he's doing is the same shit that Drake's doing. The same shit that Kanye has been through mm-hmm. whatever, you know what it is. It's all the, I mean, it's all the ins and outs and like the music industry's changed, but I'm just always curious about it. I'm just like, I just don't. It's a good trait. And it's something that you will unintentionally learn something and go, wait, I can incorporate that into yeah. what I do. Or someone brings it up and yeah. they're like, you know, they're talking about the music industry. I'm like, oh, well, I actually know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually know a lot about the music industry. I when a, I, yeah. I have a roommate who's like balls deep in this. <laughs> like who literally. Definitely balls deep. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like. If someone brought up vintage clothes, you would, I mean, I don't know if you would know a lot, but you would be like, well, my roommate fucking yeah, knows what Yeah, no, I can speak they're... on it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you'd be like, yeah, my roommate. I have roommate, some understanding of yeah, it. Yeah, you know, like, the kind of the ins and outs. Yeah, people would always get rattled uh, whenever, especially, like, Uber, like, I talk about music industry because I've seen his career. I'm like, I'm not even in the music industry, but I know so much, and that's just a test to it where it's like, yeah, yeah I might not I, be in it. But you know more, well, you know, I know more than, like, some people who are, like, trying to do music. Exactly. Which is fucking it. sad. Yeah, it's not. It's not necessarily sad. It's it's they haven't been in the environment. I to don't learn. think they know it. I don't yeah. think they like. I don't know. There's some people I know that are like. It's it's almost like they they don't think of it as like how how it. I don't know. Yeah, different subject. Definitely but it's for just another like, subject for another day. But yeah, that's just. I think it's my curiosity. Last and I love that. Um, last topic question that you're aware of. What is your favorite Bob Hobart story? A story that happened like with me and you, or like something that I saw, Just or like a story any, that you told any, me. Any, any story, whether I told you, whether you saw it happen, whether it was after the fact. What's one of the first ones that popped to I your brain? I think the one that first came right when you said that was um, the Uber with um, the late, the girl that you met in Bahamas. I think we even talked about oh this on Breakfast at Surf. Oh, my God. That, uh, that's still pretty funny. Yeah. Um, the, the only, that I'm spotty memory about it, but I know. She got into your Uber and she's like smiling. You're like, what the fuck? Why are you smiling? And you're like, do I know you or something? And she was like, yeah, I know you. And you're like, so yeah, yeah. You could kind of like touch base with it, but that one's, and then the backstory is even funnier. Cause and then it's like, you met this girl randomly, like in the, where was the Bahamas? Bahamas. And you never saw her again. Yeah. And like, she's in your Uber and she's like smirking at that you. That shit is literally out of nowhere. That's so she some, was from michigan mm-hmm. i'm from massachusetts i'll make a long story short but it was crazy because we were doing breakfast to serve pot at the time i tell you guys the story and a month later i meet the, oh I that's the what it was yeah it was you're fucking right. gnarly you but, told you told us the backstory of the bahamas uh-huh okay yeah and it was just a story about yeah. the bahamas and then 
then yeah, I, I, I saw the girl. Yeah. But uh, for the long story short, I was in. Wait, can I stop you real quick? Yes. Uh, Dylan's uh, screaming into the mic into his own room. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's going to come up. Yeah, it's fine. It's not? Okay. It, it might come up. Like, people might hear okay. it, but, like, I don't care. This is the beauty of this, like, okay. raw style. Like, Well, you're going to hear a fucking hit record on Bob's <laughs> podcast before it comes out. <laughs> um, long story short, I was in Bahamas in 2016 for college graduation, and I had met a gal one night, and then we, we had some fun on the beach. Yeah. And then... And you, like, lost your watch, my, right, or something? Yeah. Dude, honestly, one of the most beautiful moments. I was... Me and her were freaking... In the, we were in the Bahamas at 5 a.m. watching the sunrise, butt-ass naked in the water. Like, it was out of a movie. Like, I, yeah. I couldn't believe that I, this was happening. So my phone was actually broken in the Bahamas, so I wasn't able to get her number. I don't think she had her phone on her. Uh, and so, yeah, I literally left the Bahamas the next day, and I was just kind of like, wow, I'll never see this girl ever again, which was, like, weird to me. It was just like, wow. Like, yeah, never, I'll never It was just like, her, yeah. it was like in the Bahamas. It was like, wow. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know. It was just kind of like a beautiful thing, and we just kind of part of ways. So fast forward, literally, I think it was three years, and I was driving Uber in West Hollywood, and I had Uber pickup, and it was nighttime, and I see a name, and I pull up, and this girl gets in the car, and I double check. I'm like, hey, are you uh, for blank? And she says, yeah. And so I start pulling away. And uh, I said, how's your night going? And she's like, oh, good. How are you going? Good. And so I just like, thought it was that. Like, that's a you know, nice little small talk. And I started driving. And I just, she, it was like I could feel somebody scratching down my back. It was like, it was like the chills where she's like, do you remember me? Oh, that's freaking. In the line. Yeah. As soon as she said that, it was like a, a light bulb moment where I was like, oh my God. I, this is Bahamas, I think it was yeah. because of how we, talked how about we it. had just talked yeah. about it. And the way that she said that, there was, it was like the first moment that came to my mind. And I was like, is this the girl? And I literally didn't even think twice. I looked up in the rear view. I said, the Bahamas? She goes, <laughs> yep. I go, holy. I would have crashed the car, I think. Shit. Yeah. So then we like it was like a ten minute ride. I was just like, yeah, like I'm, I can't believe this. Like my phone broke, and she's like, I tried hitting you up, blah blah blah. And then uh, she grabbed my Snapchat. She actually was friends with me on Snapchat, but she had never hit me up through it because she thought I was just I had ducked her. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, she had hit me up and my phone broke. So she's she had just moved out to LA from Michigan. Yeah. She said I saw you on your road trip to California a year and a half ago because I was posting on my Snap, and then she happened to move out here to do makeup and wow. somehow some way ended up that's so up, she was yeah, in the back that, of my when Uber. you told her to preface uh you, you told us that story and you told us like you've been on the bahamas and then like two weeks later you told us that you met her and i was like me and dylan were like what the fuck yeah. and i don't think you told us the story prior to the podcast no, i think right? i did no i told did you guys you? on the podcast no that's what i meant you didn't tell us like prior to the podcast you told us on the podcast, what happened when yes. you saw her in the Uber? Yes. So it was like news doesn't. Oh, like, what the maybe, fuck? Maybe I, I, I thought from what I remember, I thought I had told you guys the story of the Bahamas. No, no, no. I mean, you didn't tell us that you had her in your Uber until we did the podcast. Like you waited. You were like, I'm gonna wait till the podcast. Oh, I got I a juicy have, story. That was for that you. was kind of the fun thing about doing that podcast, where I was like, every, I got we, something for we you. We always had to leave like have something to bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah, it was, dude, that was gnarly. That's a great that's story. A great, that's a great story. See, this is why I'm asking these questions to the people that I at least know know something about me. What was Dylan's response? Um, My Kobe story. 
from high school from summer league. <laughs> I have to listen when to it, it. Literally, like it was like a summer league game. Didn't matter at all. I yeah, you should just go like the last I think five I minutes. Heard that one. But it, essentially, it was summer league. I got put in the game. <laughs> like I fucking was like, oh, I've heard and, this, and I just you like the game winner, right, bro? No, we were up by like thirty. Oh, oh. but I was just an asshole, and I just bombed a three, and I yelled Kobe, <laughs> and I sunk it, and it splashed, and I just like. Put my hands up in the air. Like, we were up. You know what I mean? It yeah. was, like, so disgraceful to the other summer yeah, team. Yeah, they were you, probably pissed. Mind you, there's, like, 10 people in the actual gymnasium. Yeah. It's, like, it was so unnecessary, but it was, like, one of my greatest You said moments. Jim's full name. Huh? You said Jim's full name. Jim? Gymnasium. Gymnasium. Yeah. Great guy. One of my favorite pals. <laughs> How come no one ever calls their kid Gymnasium and shorts it, shorten it down you, to Jim? It, why don't you have a kid and I'm, call him Gymnasium? I literally might. You should. That's some Kanye shit. Any last uh, talk? <laughs> any, any last hot takes before we get out of here? Like, um, not topics but like any last like words last words yeah any last words um st- stop being um not stop being but uh mind your own business mm, I that's like what that. i learned like just stop stop being an asshole i love that I literally saw that the first store six hours ago this lady's yelling at this little girl for not having her mask on all the way on her nose and it's like yeah i get it your mask's not all the way on but it's like do you gotta scream at me in public i know you know what i mean why couldn't you just go up to her and be like Hey, can you just put your mask on like all the way? Just it's all just, about how you it's all just about because, how you communicate. Yeah. Just be like, I have asthma. That's all it is. I have bro. a lung disorder or whatever it is. And it's like that's all you had to say. Yeah. Instead, everyone's like fucking screaming. And uh-huh. that's like what cancel culture pisses me off. It's like everyone's just like, How do I take this down the quickest? And it's like super counterproductive. And like what she did is like you just like ruined her day. Mm-hmm. You you probably cause stress on the workers there. Like I'm getting paid twelve dollars at fucking Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't have enough patience to deal with you two dumbasses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now you're putting stress on them. It's like why couldn't you just go? Hey, your your mask is making me uncomfortable. I I I'm near you. I'm shopping with you. That's all you got to say. I you know. don't have to. You're gonna cause me. I'm gonna go the. She said I'm gonna go to the hospital if you sneeze. That's what she said. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's how dramatic you're gonna go. You know what I mean? So it's just like just. One, mind your own business, but two, also just like be a little bit nicer about shit. Like you don't got to be that mean. If you, it's uh, you can, I'm telling you right now, I've seen it happen in my own life, and I'm 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 the master at it. When I was calling earlier, like checking for surfboards, mm-hmm. Dylan was like cracking on me because I'd be like, you know what? Thank you so much for the help. I hope you have a great day. And I have mo- I had two of the people take down my name and number to call me tomorrow if they get stock, which they didn't have to do. No, they don't. But it's a great example. It's all about how you communicate to people. Mm-hmm. Be extremely nice, be gentle, and you will get what you what you're looking for. Yeah. But if you're that aggressive and you're an asshole about it, like nobody wants yeah. to fucking help you. Yeah. If I told you, Bob, put your fucking mask on, you're annoying me. You'd I'm be like, like, I'm good. You're like, what? Yeah. I don't want to listen to you. But if ass. you come up and you're very calm and you're yeah. and you're like cautious and you're like, listen, I, I you know, yeah. it's just bothering. Put it on because cool. your beard is great. bothering me. Like I'll, I don't want to see your yeah, beard. Yeah, I'll fucking do it. I'll cover yeah. up the beard. Um, this has been a great podcast, Steve. Yeah, Thanks great. for taking the time to do this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, go to fivestarvintage.com. Check out his clothes. Buy some stuff if you like it. Also, keep your eyes peeled if you're flying southwest. Steve's back in the air. He's going to be flying around this weekend. And he, may, he might be flying around somewhere uh, near you. But uh, thanks for tuning into the It's the Beardman podcast. We got more content on the way. Hope you guys and gals have a great rest of your day, night, Bye, whatever you're doing. See you.